I feel like, you know, when I tell people, Hey, um, that food wasn't great, you know, uh, maybe it's not nice in the moment, but long term, I'm giving them an opportunity. Hey, you can improve and you can make your lives better and your future customers better. So you're going to stay in business. So that's the real nice thing to do, even though in the moment I maybe come off, you know, a little harsh, right? Welcome back, guys. We are on the Money Mindset Mentoring Podcast, and we have the pleasure of speaking with Stefan Asag. And Stefan, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Really excited to have you here. I know we talked a lot about uh, AI and all these different technology out there, and uh, and I know you got uh, a lot of stuff to contribute. So thank you for being part of uh, of the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Beautiful. So let's just talk a little bit for our, our uh, listeners. Tell me a little bit about yourself, a little about your history and, and how we got to who you are today. Yeah, so I have a long background in IT consulting, software engineering, that kind of stuff. I did have my own business when I was 19 or so for a couple of years, but then I ended up being an employee for more than 15 years and then uh, got laid off from Amazon in the big flood of layoffs uh, last year and um, decided to do my own thing. I've been wanting to do my own thing, but my issue was always I never knew how to market software engineering right, or, or IT consulting because it's a bit different when it comes to marketing. You, know, you don't just uh, go on social media and sell six-figure software projects usually. right? So that was always my block in, in my mind, so I, I never did anything. And then I really, you know, after so long in that industry, working for banks and not making that much of a difference after all, right? I wanted to do my own thing and make more of a difference. And then my idea was that, you know, working with smaller businesses and helping them grow, that's going to make an impact where I can see the impact and it's actually going to improve people's lives and not just, you know, help a bank save millions on their infrastructure, right? So that was my motivation. And then I came across Grand Cardone, which that's where you and I met, right? We got certified in the same, same event last year. And, um, yeah, so that's that. So business coaching and also marketing is what interests me because it's kind of, you know, kind of technology heavy nowadays, but still has that impact that I want to make. Right. So that's, that's my short story in a nutshell. Yeah. It's interesting when you look, actually, I'm doing a presentation, uh, this week at the time of the recording where I'm talking with a, a sales team about gone are sort of the days of the lone gunman sales rep where they're just out on the street, lone wolf working by themselves, siloed information. You know, I think that day is in its past. And I think the idea of the integrated team and, and that's really, you know, having good, really good fostered collaboration happens. And we all know the best thing that creates collaboration usually is technology. I mean, first of all, it's fundamentally a mentality of collaboration. Then backed by technology, just creates speed and efficiencies. But I think, you know, the collaboration happens between the teams within sales, whether it be, you know, inside sales, uh, customer support, the outside sales, uh, territory managers, that sort of thing. That's one aspect of collaboration, but the collaboration also, I think, really starts to get a lot of momentum when they start to really collaborate with marketing. And because if marketing has a really good ground floor understanding of what the market's talking about, they can really change the message and craft it so that it can be a lot more effective. And I think one thing that Grant, that really drew me to Grant was when he said, because he always thought of Grant as a sales guy, like, you know, wrote, you know, he was the lone gunman going out on the street and everything. And he made a massive success out of doing it. But then he came to the conclusion and, and, and for me, it, it took a long time to get to this one, but it was from him was that marketing is senior to sales and that marketing is really, if you can do marketing effectively, you're really going to put yourself in a position of massive scaling. 
And I think Alan, which is one of their guys, I think he spends about what, $5 million a month on advertising or some stupid amount of money. And what he said is that, you know, sales reps typically go out to the street uh, with a net kind of chasing butterflies and which works. And sometimes the butterflies come back alive and sometimes they come back dead. But if you can market, marketing does is it plants a garden and it draws the butterflies toward it. So the butterflies come towards it and all the salespeople need to do is to keep them. there. So I think, you know, your idea around marketing, I think it's a, I think it's really an, an important concept going into 2024 and beyond. And then we can talk tech about how much fun it is to start integrating tech into that process. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that for me is kind of fun, you know, because uh, obviously for, for some people, they're, they're non-tech people. The marketing, that's something they need to do and they realize that, but then all the tech behind it, that's where they are not interested and also don't have the background, right? So that's kind of fun for me to look at those things from, you know, I come from the total opposite side, right? I never had to market anything, but I always had to solve tech problems. Mm-hmm. Now I can solve or I can use tech experience to solve marketing problems. And for me, that's really fun to see. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see what the value I can add to my clients by applying tech to something they understand. Because usually in tech, you apply tech to problems nobody even has. And then at some point they understand, ah, oh, yeah, maybe it makes sense. Once it becomes- Tech, you, you know, tech usually is followed up with tech support. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's interesting because I think the sense. integration of tech in both sales and marketing is what's going to radically put somebody ahead of the game going into 2024. I mean, when it comes to, you know, either running your podcast or whether it comes to creating content, creating videos, anything like that, even creating training manuals, anything that you put out there. Once you integrate tech, the speed you can get to from a a lower investment standpoint is just so strong and compelling of an argument that to embrace tech, even if it's faulty. I mean, I just was on a a call with a person today where they were talking about, you know, some agent wasn't producing the right content. I'm like, but how close is it? Are we 80% off or are we, you know, 50% off? And it was about like 75% off of where they are. Sorry, 75% where they want to be. Okay, cool. 25%. So if you had an employee and the employee was off by 25%, are you happy? Or are you just going to help, you know, uh, and you're going to help like sort of coach to success? Or are you going to dump the employee? Well, of course you're going to coach to success. Well, that's the same thing that happens with tech. And I think if you treat tech like an employee, I think people will have a lot better uh, ability to digest tech. Yeah, right, right. And and I think what I noticed, you know, it's uh, there's always that baseline of that person who has their notes on paper, right? And then I feel like the gap gets bigger and bigger and bigger because technology advances, but the, the people on paper, well, paper doesn't advance, right? So it's kind of like a curve like this, you know, paper is always here and then technology is up like that. And then, you know, those people stuck with paper, they're just further and further behind. But the interesting thing now is if you get them to the latest of technology, the, the jump forward they make is much bigger than maybe for somebody like you and me, right? You know, if you figure out the latest I don't know, AI notes taking app that you know, automates creating tasks and organizing your day, maybe you make a little jump forward, right? But for somebody coming from paper, the jump forward they make is gigantic for them, right? So yeah, That's I think I think you hit a, the nail on the head when you look at that. The micro adjustments that somebody can make to adopt technology over a period of time, you know, if they would have started that a while ago, it's going to be easier now. Now there is certain UX, you you know, user interface kind of experiences you can make to try to make that better. But to go from that analog, you know, working with paper to the digital working in in that space, it, it's a, it's going to be a tough go for some people. And I and I think, but I think it's going to be worth it. 
in the end, because as they make that adjustment, now, as you said, they're now going to be able to ride that up and they're going to be able to, to ride the wave rather than fight against it. Yeah, right. And I think that's for me where AI comes in, right? In the end, you, know, you, can, you can have the best user interface in a, in a web portal or in an app, but with AI, if somebody can just talk naturally and then things happen in the background, I think we're just at the very beginning, right? I mean, I'm, I'm experimenting with an app right now that I just talk for like 20 minutes and then what comes out of it is a, is a prioritized task list. I mean, that already beats things, you know, the, the, all the planning tools that software teams have been using forever, right? If yeah. somebody now comes from paper and they can do that, I feel like that's a much better interface for them than, okay, now click around here and drag and drop, and now they have to learn a whole system, right? Versus yeah. now you just talk to it as if you would talk to your person or your team member, and then, you know, things actually happen. I think the things actually happening, that's still in the very beginning, right? Where, you know, maybe... AI can create a task list for me, but then I still have to do the task. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to me not the execution, having to do Yeah, the task. execution side of thing is right. that comes down to trust barriers, I think, for when we look at, at AI. It's, it, you know, I, I think it's just like a new employee. It's mm-hmm. in its 30 day uh, trial period and people are trying to get it uh, in and, uh, and it's learning as, as fast as it can. But I think it's getting there. Like we use AI for, you know, quick answers to texts. So somebody mm-hmm. texts my phone. It'll reply back with AI with whatever answer they're looking for. If it's something simple, if it's something that it can't answer, then it prompts me to answer. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it'll do that. So it, but at least at the first bit, it'll answer those questions. It might be like, Hey, when are you available for lunch? No problem. I can answer that. But if it's going to say, you know, solve quantum physics questions or something, not that I could answer that, but it's certainly, it'll, it'll say, maybe you need to ask somebody else. Yeah. Right. right. And then, and then you compare that to businesses, they don't even have a phone number that you can send a text to in the first place, right? So again, for them, that jump forward is going to be much bigger. So I'm, I'm super yeah. excited. And you're absolutely right. I think the idea of businesses that say we're a referral-based business, you know, so therefore they don't have a website, they don't have anything. I think in a certain situation that might still prove to be okay, but I certainly think there's a, there's a new dawn coming into that space. And, you know, with external pressures that are going to put a lot of changes into that kind of, I just go on referral basis because yeah, I think right. there's attrition to everything, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, the referral is fine, but then what happens after that, right? Just because somebody knows you doesn't, doesn't mean they're a customer of yours automatically, right? So they're still, maybe they're going to text you. And now if you're your landline doesn't accept text messages where you still have a problem, even though you got that referral, right? Yeah. So you're still not at the end of actually making a sale, right? So you're actually, still going to have to upgrade yeah. technology. That's actually a good point. I, I look at my one physio guy and he's really good. And he's got, you know, when I go in and see him, the second I'm done, he's, he's taking copious notes. And then, but that could be done electronically through AI. So he didn't have to actually be typing. It'll just take the notes and just get permission for recording or whatever you need to. And then, and then the next thing is, is then immediately I get out videos out through a system of here's what you need to do to fix your stuff. And I mean, I, I, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so I break a lot of stuff in this body. So, you know, it's, <laughs> as I get older, it happens on a more frequent basis, but it comes out. Then I go to this other studio where they have this really good prehab program and like they're really good at what they do because he's the, after the problem happened, this is the, before the problem happens, but their technology, they need to really work on to kind of get that to the forefront. So that the experience is really good in and outside of what they're teaching. Because as knowledge, subject matter expert, experts, they're unbelievable. They know their craft inside and out. 
but it's to create that user experience. I think uh, AI and, and technology really can underpin that. Yeah, right, right, right. That, that kind of reminds me of any doctor you walk in, right? The gap there is also getting so much bigger, right? Some, some practices you walk in and they hand you a stack of like 20 pieces of paper and that's your application form. And then the other doctor, they hand, hand you an iPad or whatever. So yeah, maybe yeah. the next version is they'll have an AI. You just talk to it. You just, you know, tell it everything and then it transcribes that for the doc. And then. I'd rather go there than having to fill out 20 sheets of paper, right? So, oh, yeah. Or, or have it go yeah. to you before you even get there. So you can do convenience. So it can right. be, you're not yeah, sitting exactly. there wasting your time sitting in their lobby. Uh, yeah. You're able to be effective on the way coming in. I, I agree with yeah. you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. On, maybe on the drive. Like that's what I've been doing recently a lot. You know, you drive around. It's so much waste of time, right? But if you have, if you, I mean, I can talk safely while driving, right? And I can think safely while driving, but I can't type safely while driving. So. Uh, that really, I mean, I don't even know how we did that uh, when there wasn't AI to to use that time, right? I mean, it's such a waste of time. So uh, it's, I think it gives us a, a lot of time back, right? And you know, for your doctor, for example, if you have that, they have an app and, and using the AI, you can just talk to it as you're driving there. You don't even have to think uh, before you go there. Perfect, right? And then the application forms filled out once you get there and you haven't even typed anything, right? So. Well, awesome. when we look at the medical field, there's, uh, I had a fellow who was at my last AI event who was talking about a study that was being done down in somewhere in the States. I think it was somewhere in the States that did, um, the reviews of, of x-rays. And so mm -hmm. they're having AI look at the x-rays and, and assess them. And they were on a, on a frequency of success rate were better than the doctors and because they wouldn't miss anything. And so it's interesting to think that. I think we're going to see that, especially like in Canada, the medical cost is just off the rails. I just, it's, it's, there's so much fat in that environment that needs to be trimmed. And I think a lot of technology is going to come in and really clean that up to make it cost effective for Canadians to have a uh, really good healthcare. Cause it's, you know, right now I, I, I dummied up my knee and it's going to take months to get an MRI. And we're in the States. I could probably, well, I am actually going out to Orlando. I'm just going to get done in Orlando. It'll take like 24 hours and it's done. But it's just our system is so slow. But if you put in that those those pre things where like there's a pre doctor screening where the person's talking to an AI system that can do all the collecting of the data, then it could present that to the doctor in a way that's meaningful. Uh, so the do doctor is now doing more high level activities and the base level activities of just making sure that I mean I had one doctor we went in and she was so busy when we brought my son in she came and she started diagnosing the wrong kid. And she hadn't even, even looked at my kid and she said, okay, well, we got to cauterize his nose. Like, why are we cauterizing his nose when he's got a problem with his ear? And, and she was just, cause she was just all off of her rocker on things. And it just, I think AI is not going to make those issues. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I think, uh, I mean, it all, for me, it starts with the mindset though, right? Like I'm uh, by design, I'm the most impatient person ever, right? And and people always tell me, oh, you got to be patient. You got to be patient. And then my response is usually patience is the opposite of progress, right? So I feel like a lot of people, you know, the people in in your doctor's practice dealing with paper all day and they are super patient, right? Which works for them. Obviously, maybe their their stress level is lower than mine, right? I'm always, I'm never satisfied with how anything works, right? I want to improve it, but the, the good thing with not having patience is that I'm not going to deal with that paper thing. So I'm going to improve it as long as it's kind of bearable for me. And I feel like 
that mindset, you know, if businesses did that more, everybody's experience with that business um, would be much better, right? So I feel like people should generally have a little less patience and be a little less satisfied with the status quo and just challenge a little more. And then we could all have much easier lives, I feel like. Right? I think no that's amazing. Paper. Always being a little bit dis, dis, uh, uh, discomfort in what you're doing and saying, how could this be made better? I think that's a beautiful way of looking at things. My question is, how do you vacation with that mindset? Vacation? <laughs> so my vacations are usually like people would probably hate my vacations because it usually usually involves off-road toys or race cars or mountain bikes. Uh, hauling trailers around it's it's never a vacation i'm i'm usually back on vacation when i'm back to work because i can <laughs> you know calm down don't have to do all of those stressful things but that's that sounds like vacation. my kind of vacation <laughs> yeah, right. yeah never amazing. never slow down never settle you know that's uh i feel like that's uh I've, I've heard that from people who retired at you know 85 or so and they were like once i retired it, it, it all slowed down and then you know suddenly Getting up at 10 in the morning, that's stressful. So I feel like just don't slow down. That's kind of my my goal. You know, don't slow down and make work fun and then uh, just do it forever. You know? I and think then, that's uh, the best way. I, I agree like, with but, you 100%. I think, you know, we look at somebody like Grant Cardone. How old is that guy? He's what, 60 something? And I think he's actually speeding up. I don't think he's slowing down. Yeah, right. uh, so I, I look at that and I think I'm 48 right now. I got a lot way to go to get to there. So I can keep on speeding up. I'm totally fine. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And, and Grant, somehow, if you look at the older videos, he wasn't half as cool back then with, with 30 or 40, right? And now, <laughs> suddenly, 20 years later, suddenly he's much cooler than back then. So that's totally the opposite of what you'd expect. So I want to achieve that. I want to be cooler when I'm 60 than when I'm now. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I think you're right, actually. He had that big bouffant hair, you know, and... uh yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's got the talk and it just, it just, it just works, you know? So, yeah, right. I agree and that. also that I feel like one thing that, that I respect in him is just that bluntness, you know, just, just say what you think. I, I think the world needs same as uh, less patience. I think we all need to be more blunt, right? There's so many things out there that should be and, and can be improved, but nobody says anything, right? Uh, I think it's kind of goes along with having too much patience and just, yeah, we're doing great. We're doing great. And I feel like that mindset just, I mean, there's so much more progress we could be making as. But that's as where AI tech. comes into play. Because when you're talking, say, to ChatGPT and you're trying to fix something in chat, like you, you, you first time you jump into ChatGPT, maybe you didn't do this, but a lot of people do. They'll start saying, oh, please, do you mind if you could change this part here and, you know, whatever. And now people just go and change this, boom, right? And, and you don't accept anything less than perfect because there's not going to be a response back saying, well, you're judging me. Uh, so that ability to accept uh, progress and to uh, be, you know, consistently discontent uh, with the with the outcomes allows you to you can iterate so much faster with AI than you can sometimes with people. Yeah, right. I, I feel like for I could imagine that for people it's easier because it's not a person, right? You know, like, let's say you go to a restaurant and the food is totally terrible, the service is terrible. You've waited for hours, the check doesn't come along, you know. And then uh, you still tip them and you're still, yeah, it was great. It was great, right? Well, now you're actually taking the opportunity to improve away from that restaurant, right? And now the next person who goes there to eat, they get the same terrible food, terrible service, terrible everything, right? So you just messed it up for the restaurant, for the business, both for the owner and for the, the employees, and then also for the, the future customers. So I feel like, you know, when I tell people, hey, um, that food wasn't great, you know, uh, 
maybe it's not nice in the moment, but long term, I'm giving them an opportunity. Hey, you can improve and you can make your lives better and your future customers better. So you're going to stay in business. So that's the real nice thing to do, even though in the moment, I maybe come off, you know, a little harsh, right? But I feel like it's a service we're doing, right? And not not just complaining. So, but it Absolutely. needs the right mindset on the other end. And sometimes that's not there. So then what are you going to do? It makes it harder. Yeah. They call it, uh, I heard a, a guy, a real estate agent in Kitchen Water, he called it uh, fearless, uh, fearless feedback. And I thought that was a great term. And uh, so I, I'm totally stealing it from him. And uh, so I think the, the idea that, no, this, this is feedback. This isn't criticism. This yeah. is so that you can actually close the loop and Cardern's what we call closing cycles. Right, you can close the cycle on that transaction, knowing what needs to be done to make it better the next time. And if you, I think, sure. if you're running a really good business, the idea that you want that honest, genuine feedback is going to help propel you forward in a big way. Yeah, right. So let's so talk a little bit about your podcast because I know you're running a podcast, and uh, and let's let's get to listeners to know how they can find you. Yeah, right, right. So our company is called Flat Out Business. I'm actually partnered up with a guy who comes from a totally different angle. So he's in accounting and has run. Uh, has started, uh, I think, over a dozen businesses himself. And he's actually getting out of accounting, accounting and we're going to focus on the business coaching that we're offering here. And uh, we have a podcast. It's uh, every Wednesday, just not this Wednesday because he's sick. Um, but starting next week, it'll be uh, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And we talk about you know uh, both our experiences in starting businesses, but also we're going to have guests on there you know, telling about their experiences. We're going to have one of our clients uh, joining us probably next week. Uh, he's starting a, a mobile uh, bicycle mechanic business. So that's super exciting. We're supporting him. And um, yeah, so we're just talking about what it means to be an entrepreneur, about the mindset. We're going to talk about things like AI and time management and productivity and all those things. Those are kind of things dear to our heart. So that um, sounds like a great show. And, uh, and I know with uh, your perpetual focus on becoming better. It's going to be a, an amazing experience for the listeners to come check you out. So I think yep. that's a, that's absolutely amazing. Well, as yeah, we come, come close, as we come to the close here, guys, uh, Stefan, I really want to appreciate you for, for taking the time to spend with us. And, uh, and I really enjoyed our chat and I think we're on the same page about so many things and excited to see at the next event. We'll yep. see at GrowthCon for sure. And, uh, guys, this is Money Mindset Mentoring Podcast. Checking out. We'll see you on the next show. Thanks, everybody.